What up, everybody? Today, I'm excited to talk to you about how to deal with some of the pain of rejection that can come to all of us, but especially those who are in leadership. This comes from a post on the blog, markcarter.life, called Rejected. Welcome to the Dead Prophet Society, and we'll explain that in the episode. But I wrote this because I really do empathize with those who have undergone a lot of hurt and rejection. I've undergone a lot of that myself as a leader. And I hate the idea of people not realizing how some of their under-processed pain may be affecting their leadership. So before we do that, let me just go ahead and thank you for listening. If you find today's content helpful, would you do me a favor? Consider sharing that on social media. Leave a review on iTunes. That really would mean so much. Now, if you're new to the podcast and you'd like to find out more, you can head on over to markcarter.live where there's new content posted regularly. Hey, let's do it. Let's dive into three questions for those who've experienced rejection in leadership. Let's get after it. What up, everybody? Welcome to the Bible Leadership Podcast. My name is Mark Carter. I'm here with my boy, Jam Master Dizzle, Brandon Adkins. He is the worship leader here at Torch of Faith. And once again, we've got an important Bible leadership topic to talk through today. Jam Master Dizzle, Brandon Adkins here. Yes, we do. Man, I'm super excited. So we're talking about how a leader can recover from bitterness and unforgiveness. Mark, first, yeah. why is that a problem for leaders? Yeah, I think it's a problem because it's unavoidable. Um, I think no matter who you are, what you do, you are going to experience rejection, whether it's being left out of something, it's a decision you didn't get to be a part of, it's a spouse that pushes you away, mm-hmm. um, it's a friend that's accusing you of saying something that you didn't, you don't think you said. Or even sometimes, I think especially in church world, I mean, I've certainly found it seems like there's people that are going to be mad at you no matter what you do. Like they've just decided maybe they just don't like you. You're the guy that they're going to be mad at. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. Because like maybe you made a decision that affects them in a way that they don't like. So mm-hmm. um, I think we're all going to have to deal with this at one time or another. So, you know, the world would probably tell us to like get even, um, but it, but also to just, you know, toughen up and move on, stuff it down and, and get work done. Right. Yeah. Why can't we just do that? You know, I think to a degree you can do some of that. Um, so I don't, I don't know that the world is totally wrong. They're just wrong in how they're going about it, and they're including some things you can't include, like get even. So you can't get even. But I think there, there's some truth to the idea that you got to move on. There's some truth to the idea that yes, it might be that the spirit of God is trying to toughen you up a little bit. Um, so I think we need to be open to that. The problem is when we're really hurt, the, the thing we don't discern is that it's changing us mm. in a bad way. Okay. So when our heart hardens up. Like that's going to have an impact on the people around us. That's why Proverbs four twenty three says, "Above all else, guard your heart, for it affects everything. Everything you do flows from it." Like we need to recognize, like that's a super deep, important leadership principle, um, because we're trying to be a people that are led by God. Like that's where our leadership ultimately comes from is we're being led by God and then going to try to lead people. Mm-hmm. When we're bitter and unforgiving, part of us hardens up and and we get a little callous to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he's not going to bless grieving the Holy Spirit. You, you yeah, know what I'm saying? Right. Like as, as, as much as, yes, I'm sorry that happened to us, um, even so, he's still, we're obligated to forgive in obedience to him. And so when we don't do that, our directability by him gets shut down, which just means he can't lead us very well. So we can't lead others very well. So I think it's a, it's a big deal. I can remember my first real experience with a leader that let me down. I was a leader, but another leader who was, 
you know, my, a mentor of sorts to me. He let me down, let my family down, like just did some things that were real betrayal. He, he had some real integri- integrity problems. I was so young, I didn't really totally understand that. But what that did was it gave me a little bit of an alibi of like, well, here's why I'm just going to be mad at this guy for a while. At, at one point, I just had to decide, look, man, I can either get frozen here or I can move forward, but I can't let this guy be an alibi of why I'm not moving forward. Yeah. Like the Bible's still true. You still have to forgive. And so I'm not trying I – don't, I don't think today, Brandon, that we're trying to be insensitive to anybody. But we are talking about Bible leadership, and Bible leaders have to decide, as painful as this is, I've got to have a strategy for getting through it. Yeah, so that's, that's, so, our, that's so our big good. thing. Everybody has the opportunity to buy into bitterness and unforgiveness, and we, we just can't. we got to resist it. Mark, I know in, in uh, our relationship before, you've identified the dangers of – ministering in unredeemed pain yeah. or leading from a place of unredeemed pain. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it sounds like we're, we're – you make leadership sound so appealing. Uh, <laughs> we're going to get hurt. Like there's going to yeah. be pain. There's going to be rejection, it's accusation, happened. all that, you know, critics uh, in the bleachers. And uh, so how do we make it through with a soft heart? Yeah, and that's the big thing that we're we're looking at today. And so what I've got here is I've got three questions that we need to ask, okay? So instead of like 10, hey, here's 10 steps, not that there's anything wrong with steps, but I'm just saying, for me, we very much need to look at what are the things we're thinking, what are the questions we're asking. And so I've got three questions that we need to kind of turn on ourselves in order to, to get down to the roots of some of this pain. I love it, man. I can't wait to dive in. So what are the three questions for those who have experienced hurt in leadership? Yeah, let's do it, man. So number one is how am I relating to God in this? God understands our pain. Mm. Like Jesus was rejected. Jesus knew what it was like to have his childhood buddies try to throw him off a cliff. Man, that is cold. That's terrifying. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's in Luke 4, 29. That's never happened to me. Like no one, nobody, my worst yeah, enemy yeah. has not tried to throw me from a cliff. So, I mean, I think that that, that was real. That was a real day for him. So yeah. Jesus understands our pain. And I think what we need to go the what we need to do then is go the next step and, and realize he's also like sovereign over all creation. He's apportioned this experience to me for a purpose. And one of them, I believe, is to draw us nearer into the fellowship of his suffering. There's a special relating that God does to us in suffering where he says, I get you. Like, I know what this is like. I think about Abraham in Genesis 22 where he says this crazy thing. Abraham, I know I gave you this child of promise. Been talking about it for a long time. Now I want you to go kill him. I want you to sacrifice your one and only son. And obviously Abraham didn't go through with it, but there's a, there's a heart thing I believe that's happening there. God's like, I get you. Like, I want you to understand what it's like to be me in miniature for just a second. So no matter what it was, whether we were passed up for promotion, whether our idea didn't work, people didn't support us, we feel misunderstood, whatever that hurt is, like we need to hear, God understands you, dude. Like God gets it and he's inviting us to draw closer to him in this, even though he doesn't necessarily fix it right away. It's just like we're getting tighter because you understand what it's a little bit like to be me. One example from my life where definitely God used a season of bitterness to invite me to get closer to him. Um, I was laid off from a, from a church job and it was, it was, I was young and it was kind of a dream job. I was making way too much money. Was it because of your beard? Yeah. Well, I didn't have a beard at that point, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I thought now. maybe you got beard oil on something. <laughs> they kick you out for that. <laughs> be rough. Yeah. At the same time, I remember while I was being tempted toward bitterness and un- unforgiveness, I also felt the, the Holy Spirit really convicting me. Yeah, I hadn't been seeking him. I'd been 
you know, singing a lot of worship songs and doing a lot of ministry, but not actually keeping tight in my relationship with the Lord. Right. And I think he used that season to really blow a hole in the shut in the side of my ship. Yeah. Um, and, and really, really forced me to press into him. And he saved me ultimately from, I think, uh, you know, a legacy of phony, phony ministry ministering from a place of lack. I mean, that's and, a, and I think that's a great example B because what I'm hearing you say is even though that was painful, there were things that needed done in your spirit that you wouldn't have known to do, like you had no mechanism to right. do. And I think this is part of, you know, I wonder if there's any of our listeners that need to hear that, that even though there's things that hurt, we don't know what we need. Like right. Peter was sifted. He didn't know that he needed that. We don't know that there's a certain amount of pain we need to redirect us. And, you know, I mean, I'm never excited that that happened to you. I knew about that. And yet I know that um, you came with me after that to plant a church and we yeah. couldn't – I think we paid you in like Twizzlers or something at first. <laughs> so I think that would have been a hard sell for you to leave that cushy job to come yeah. with us. So I, I'm, j- I'm just saying that we need to we need to think through God is sovereign and allowing this and there might be some rewiring right. he's trying to get me to lean into. And again, this whole thing is about paying attention to, yes, this hurt, but what is God trying to do inside of me? Yeah, absolutely, man. And, and it really was his mercy. I can see it now to save me from – a legacy in ministry of just phony ministry. Like yeah. I was, I was ministering out of nothing. Uh oh. Um, and and it's his mercy. I felt like the 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 ship was slowly sinking, and he just pulled up beside it and blew a big hole in the side of it, so that I had to had to jump off. And and uh, I think it it really was his mercy to to deliver me. From. I'm so thankful that we have a God that doesn't always ask for our permission of whether or not He's going to train us up the right way. Yeah. And I just wonder if there's anybody out there right now who, as hard as it is to hear, there's things God's trying to do in you, and there's a better version later on because of how he knows, he has confidence in you, that you're going to respond the right way to this, and it's going to make you stronger um, so that I can move forward and not get stuck. I love number one, how am I relating to God in this? Uh, What's the second question we can ask? Yeah, man. So the second is, how am I relating to others? There's other, this is is hard. I'm not trying to be patronizing, but the truth is when we're in pain, it's hard to remember that there's other people in the universe. Like there are other people and they're experiencing suffering also. They're experiencing suffering with you, sometimes worse, sometimes not quite as bad. But 1 Peter 5, 9 says the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kinds of suffering. And so I just need like to be reminded in this moment, dude, you're not the only one. Hello, welcome to the club, dude. Like you're not the only one suffering. Yeah. Like this is what it means to be a follower of Christ. You you suffer for certain things. That's not unique. You're not a, unique in your experiencing of suffering. Everybody has pain. Hopefully it's creating a little compassion in me right. to be like, oh, right. other people, oh, this is what they've been talking about. Mm-hmm. Ah, you know, there it is. What, one of the things that I try to do with, with some of our leaders is when they experience a certain amount of hurt, I've had this conversation I welcome them to the Dead Prophet Society. And it's a little bit of play on Dead Poet Society, but I'm taking it from Matthew 5, 11, and 12, where Jesus essentially says at the, you know, at the end of this big, important beatitude section, he's like, oh, by the way, when people are all kinds of coming against you and, and trying to slap you around and hating you and, and wanting to kill you and lie about you and all sorts of evil against you, because you're mine, hey, you should be happy about it. You should be glad about it. You should be like, Jumping up and down because your reward in heaven is great. You're a part of like this exclusive society that the prophets before you were a part of. Jesus himself is, is a part of the society now. He's just saying, hey, dude, like for real, there's reward for you because of this. Mm, and so good. like you need to um, recognize that rejection sometimes, dude, it's a sign of God's favor. Yeah. And the truth is like 
if you're effective as a leader, it's likely you're going to have a whole lot more rejection moments. And the Lord just wants to train us now, dude, get in the dead prophet society and recognize this is how I train my people. I allow rejection in. I allow people to get hurt. It doesn't mean I'm not going to be good to them. It doesn't mean that my blessing is dependent on whether or not this happened. I've still got, you know, goodness to show them in the land of the living. And yet I've appointed this to people and I'm trying to teach them some lessons. And and that's what it's about. So it's kind of about rejoicing in the fact that you're worthy to suffer. I think some of the, the, the trainings or the lessons that we're learning in this are, one, I don't need for people to always be happy with me. I think if you're really going to be a Bible leader, people just don't always need to be happy with you. That'd be nice. I'd love it if everyone was just really excited about every idea I had and whatever I felt like I want me to do. But they're not, and I need to just be okay with Jesus liking it. Um, there's a certain number of people. There's a certain percentage. It doesn't matter what I do, man. They're not gonna. Like, they don't like that I shave my head, or they don't like my tattoo. You know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't matter. They don't like the sound of my voice. Right. Like they just don't like me, man. And, and like we got to get over that. And I, I really enjoy. I mean, you know, I'm not like boasting about this. I'm just saying I enjoy the fact that sanctification is real and there's real progress. Like I enjoy that. There's a certain amount of people like I just don't care. Mm-hmm. Like I care about them in a in the sense that they're a child of God, but I. I'm, it's not going to affect me if you don't like my decision. You'll be fine. I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We're still so, doing it. I'm so glad you brought it up. I don't like your voice. <laughs> yeah. Can yeah. confirm. This is a great place to out yourself about that. So. Yeah, so I've actually got a list here if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe that's for another podcast, okay. <laughs> man. But I think, I think point being, this is how yeah. God trains people. This is yeah. how he trained them in the Bible, whether it's Noah or David or Joseph or mm-hmm. Jesus himself. Like, he trains us through rejection and hurt. Well, it sounds like you're saying rejection really can produce, I think I've heard you say this before even, rejection can produce a heart that's immune to rejection. Yeah, if you we'll know, let it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like it's, uh, you know, God will, God will put people in your life who just need somebody to be mad at. And I think I think we all kind of have this a little bit if we take inventory and, and examine, like, I'm mad at the government. I think taxation right. is theft. Yeah. And I think Ron Swanson should run the government. Yeah. Pretty much whatever he says is what we should do. Yeah. Or be, you know, Blue Cross Blue Shield. Like, there's just, there's things, there's relationships in my life that I, I can rant about and right. just be mad at. Because, I don't have someone to blame, so I'm just going to blame them. Right. It's easy because I can dehumanize the government. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're the enemy. Um, and I think then statistically, if, you know, you're as a leader, you're probably attracting some of those people to your life. You're going to get a few people where you're in that category of yeah, the that's government. True. My leader is, people yep. just have leadership issues. So. So I think the question is how is how are you allowing it to train you? Yes, like you're going to get it either way. Are you are you allowing it to train you toward bitterness yep. and shutting down and getting cynical um, and leading hurt, or are you going to let it train you toward just a soft heart? Are you letting it train you to to immunity? Yeah, toward rejection. I think that's it, Grandmaster B. Because I think I think some of our listeners need to just ask, and, and you and I need to ask ourselves this question: is is my leadership more cynical than it was a year ago? Mm. Like, am I believing the best about people more so or less so? Yeah, that's huge. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, am, is my heart more generous or am I getting less generous and more kind of suspicious? Yeah. And I just want to humbly suggest if it's, you know, if we're getting more suspicious, more cynical, my friend, something is wrong. Yeah, my self-preserving and like yeah. trying to hide from relationship that's huge that's understandable but it's not the discipleship way yeah. like jesus is trying to increase and enlarge our hearts not make them smaller so right. and 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 nobody can do the good the the hard work except for us like we have to do that with the lord 
That's super deep, man. Yeah. Question number two. I can't wait. What's question number three? So number three is, okay, so I've, I've taken inventory. How am I relating to God? How am I processing other people in this? But then also, how am I relating to myself? Am I feeling sorry for myself? Because that will shut down my discernment. That will that just gets me inward. It takes away all my power. It messes up. I really believe what God wants to do. And so I think we just need to go back to good theology. I think great theology is, is a great life. So the truth is I do evil things to people. Mm-hmm. I do it accidentally, but I also at times have done it purposely because I'm a creature of wrath apart from Christ. Mm-hmm. And I have hurt Jesus worse than my worst enemy has hurt me. Like I've I've hurt Jesus worse than my worst enemy has hurt me. Like Mm -hmm. Jesus has taken it personally. It was my sin that put him on the cross. Every time I even now choose to sin again, like that, that is a personal, you know, heart cut to Jesus. And it's obviously, you know, if if you're a Christian, it's under the blood and and you don't have to walk in condemnation. But it's still true that that dude, that was personal. Yeah. That took a cross to get rid of that. That puts it in perspective when you're dealing with her from somebody else. That's huge. Yeah. So um, hopefully when I realize I'm a recipient of redonkulous grace, I can then start to think, and so is this person worthy yeah. of my mercy and grace because yeah. of what of what I've been given. I should be extravagant because it's been extravagant with me. Dude, that's it. Um, and so what should we do? I think, bro, we need to focus on two things. One is we need to keep forgiving. Mm. And we need to think about it as a leader of like, you're going to always have to forgive. You have to keep forgiving because you're going to stay on the planet for a little longer and people are going to sin against you. So we need to be kind with each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ has forgiven us. Mm-hmm. And then I think also, which which maybe is a little bit deeper, we need to keep pursuing a soft heart. Yeah. Because I can just say I forgive you, but again, am I getting more cynical? Am I getting more judgy as we go on? Proverbs 4.23, again, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Mm-hmm. So that means I'm I'm enlisting the Holy Spirit's help. Would you give me a soft heart? I've got a hard heart. Would you give me a soft one? I repent for my hard heart. Give me a soft one. Would you, God, would you help me to th- when I think about this person, would you, would you give me like power to project good motives on them? So I've got, I've probably got five you know, from this past year that, wow, that really hurt. Yeah. I'm still forgiven. I forgive them, mm-hmm. but I've got to bring it to them every day in prayer. God, and just in case my heart's growing angry at them again, would you would you bless them? Would you help me to think about them rightly? You love them. You want to work even my involvement in their life for their good. So would you just find a way to bless them and help me stay soft so I don't get weird about it? Dude, I've seen that go well. Like for, for me personally, I've had a few where I have to stop what I'm doing. Like I'm working, I'm doing, you know, my head's down, I'm, I'm working on something and they come to mind. And before I know it, the enemy's just got a conversation going yep, in my yep. head. And I need to, I need to literally put what I'm doing down and pray out loud for their blessing. Man, that's bold. And, uh, and, and give it the attention that the enemy is trying to get, but just turn it against him and, and start praying blessing on, on my enemies. Do you pray it out loud if they're in the room? <laughs> you know what? Um, I haven't tried that. I haven't. No. I haven't called them up yet or, or tweeted it. What about uh, yelling at their house? I've, you know, <laughs> not yet, but maybe. <laughs> I think that's really good. Good job. Should I try that? No, I think you should avoid that. I think oh, you've okay. done well so far. Okay, cool. I was going to try punching too. Is that not? Yeah, you know, you'd think punching would solve some problems. No. But I hear that it just gives you more. It creates different problems. Yeah. <laughs> you might find yourself in jail, which would be great to minister to people. Sure. But when you tell them why you're there, that might also work against you. So. All right. Yeah. 
I, I hear you. So this is super good, man. And I love what I love about this conversation too is that it's um, it's not three points. You know, it's not here's here's three tips. Um, it's three questions, and yeah, it feels really soul like a, work, a pastoral conversation. Yeah, uh, more than just like a sermon or, or you know uh, five tips to to improve your leadership. And I and I think that part of part of why that might be is because this is such a a simple lesson. And it's kind of basic theology 101. Forgiveness is absolutely essential. We know that, and it's so easy to like read a verse about that and be like, "I already know that." But I think I think the the theme I'm seeing is the Lord just gives you this trial again. He gives yep. you this season. Here it comes where, again. Where you need the lesson. It's again. coming. Yeah, you yeah. know it in your head, but you, you need it on a deeper level in your heart. Um, and I think that. I like knowing that can be really even reassuring that, okay, I'm going through another season where the Lord's taking this lesson deeper in my heart. He's, he's using it. I'm asking questions like, how am I relating to God in this? And that's really about taking inventory in my relationship with him. Um, I'm asking questions like, how am I relating to others? Am I being formed more into the image of Christ in my relationships or am I punching? Um, yeah. How am I relating to myself? Too much punching is a bad sign. Too much punching, a little bit, but not too much. How am I relating to myself? Am I, am I meditating on the highest truth? So I might. I be, love that man. Highest truth. Like there's truth. You know, maybe even in the accusation that the enemy yeah. is handing you. Yep, they hurt you. That's true. That is true. Those events. Yes, that's true. And even if from a certain standpoint, you might be justified to be angry about it. But yeah. Is that the highest truth, or can yep. you apply? Can you give sovereignty to the Lord in the situation and apply a higher truth? And I think that's it, because I think that is a, a place we all need to review. And, and I mean this sensitively, but at the end of the day, we don't know what is just, yeah. and we don't know what we or anybody else needs. Right, right. Like, we just don't have the x-ray vision that Jesus has. Like, I don't know what would be justice. I don't know what their motives were. I don't know yeah. what else was happening in their lives that day. Like, I don't know. Mm. And so for us to, to decide that we even have the capacity to hand out those judgments— my friends, it's, it really is just not Bible humility, hmm. and we need to we need to back off of that thing real quick. That's huge, man. I love it. Good word. Hey, can I give you one more? Do um, it. This isn't part of the questions, but I, I just want to encourage our listeners in case anybody's wrestling with this. So sometimes uh, we're hurt because something didn't happen. It's con- and it's connected to a specific person or a specific organization or a specific set of events. And we're like, well, now that that happened, not only did the bad thing happen, but all the good I expected to come from that, now that goes away too. Mm. And I just want to encourage everybody, hey, man, other people do not have the power to keep God's will from happening to you. That's like good, God makes it happen. God God saw the thing. He saw that it was going to happen. His His will for you is still good. You're still going to see the kindness of God in the land of living. Psalm 138.8, the Lord will accomplish what concerns me. And so we, we really got to get our, our anchors out of other people and get them into, look, Jesus is the only one my blessing is attached to. I've seen that, man. And when I've seen, when I've been derailed and when I've seen people derailed into bitterness, it's because their eyes are too much on somebody else. Yep. Yep. And, and disappointment, rejection. Yep. You know, you're, you're really just giving way too much power to a human yep. to, uh, that's it, to put God's plans on hold. That's the, that's the only way that it could derail God's plan and God's will in your life is if you just let it. Yeah. You sit down inside of it. Mm, thank God for the Bible. Amen. Well, hey, everybody, let me recommend a resource here at the end. It's actually two different books that have really helped me with regard to some of this conversation. One is a book by Bob Sorge called Dealing with the Rejection and Praise of Man. This is, like, great for your devotional life. If you want to – I'm not getting any uh, – 
anything for this, by the way. These are just books I think are helpful. But if you want to really dig in in your devotional life and do some heart work, I would recommend going through that book. Also, I think Necessary Endings from Henry Cloud is another great one that's just going to help you, especially if you are in a situation where you keep dealing with the same things over and over again, but you're not really sure how to stop getting hurt from it. I would recommend that from Henry Cloud. Um, some great advice about when it's when enough is enough and, and how to know when it's time to move on from something. So, B, any other thoughts you've got for our people? No, I just, you know, along with recommended resources, I am going to try the punching thing. Okay. So maybe next next episode I'll I'll report back. Yeah, if it's gone well. Everybody pray for this dude um, because he's <laughs> taking a walk on the crazy side. All right, guys. Hey, thanks again so much for being with us today, and we'll talk to you next time. All right. Bye.